This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve once again get nautical as we examine the wreckage of two ill-fated marine excursions, the recent Ocean Gate Titan submersible implosion, and its wildly speculative and conspiratorial connections to the RMS Titanic left in its wake. Join us as we wax on water about some of the dubious distinctions and red flags held by Ocean Gate expeditions, and then briefly review the sinking of the Titanic and its connections to people and institutions such as J.P. Morgan, the Federal Reserve, and Big Ocean? Question mark. We'll also hear G-Baby espouse the probably made up Law of the Sea, and finally we'll bring it home with reason number... That Bill Hips Paxton is the extreme. So remember, dear listeners, the ocean is a mistress of secrets, and those who dare to uncover them must navigate the treacherous waters with caution. The porpoises, midnight companions and keen observers armed with their trademark wit and deep-diving capabilities, dare to plunge into the abyss of conspiracy that surrounds these fateful vessels. You can't explain it! You can't predict it! Let's wax this unsinkable porpoise. Don't do that. You see, we, we're working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. Grab a Gansett. <laughs> Is that really their slogan? Yeah. Nice. I hear it in like Rhode Island, like Boston, like, hey, why don't you grab a Gansett? Clever. Yeah. <laughs> I dude, their marketing's on point. Narragansett. They fucking did that. Uh this is that this is their can design from 1975. And it's from the Jaws era. Cause our uh That's a pretty cool design. I like that. Quint, the guy, the the old salty fuck on the boat, crushes Narragansetts and like never seen that. It. Dude, you gotta watch Jaws. The time is now. It's perfect. It's your <laughs> go-to Fourth of July horror film. We should be jotting these down. Oh, I, I have it down everywhere. I feel like I've reminded you about Jaws about like nine Jaws. times in the past. Past. I've got it. I've got it written down everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back again. Uh, this time, episode 66, Root 66. We're going a little bit different this time. This is going to be kind of a freewheeling, not really a true crime, kind of getting into more some just oddball, unexplained dance in the shadows with conspiracy. I love a good conspiracy. I don't even know what we're really calling this, but I put Ocean Gate times Titanic conspiracy tangents. So that's kind of what we're talking about. It's topical. And I know about 0% of this other than memory and online being like, did you hear about the submersible? And oh, fuck, man, I, I tuned it out pretty hard, but I have grabbed on to, especially in the past couple of days, kind of the conspiracy stuff, kind of the sexy, the sexier headlines. But yeah, um, I think, I think you're going to like it because you're definitely more into the conspiracy stuff than I am. But when I started hearing about this, I just was thinking, oh boy, this is going to be right <laughs> up Jim's alley. Some of it's kind of wild and kooky. And yeah. it's 
obvious, but uh, I don't know. Some of it's interesting. And when I was reading about it, my belief, I guess, if you want to call it that, was sort of coming and going up and down. And, and so I was kind of thinking that by the by the time we talk about this stuff and hash it out, I'll probably have a better idea of how much of it I actually buy, if at all, if any of it. Yeah. How, how that, it you where you live. Well, because sometimes that'll happen when we're talking about a movie where I will end up liking it a lot more or a lot less by the time we yeah. hash it all out. Totally. I've heard other movie podcasts like that too. Like people say the same thing. Like after oh. like breaking it down and analyzing something, they're like, yeah, no, I actually fucking talking some of the themes out with other people and getting like the discussion going uh, and instead of just, you know, taking in a movie and having and digesting it by yourself can make you think of things differently, good or bad, um, which is cool. It's, it's a cool opportunity to be able to like break stuff down and, and, like actually look at it, you know, versus like you watch something and you like say, Oh, that was pretty good, you know, and maybe talk about it a little bit with your significant other. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to get it back more into the conspiracy kind of stuff. Cause that shit just more than just like a G whiz way, but like not so much that it's going to fuck me up and I'm like going to get sucked into something like a cult. Well, and I will say, because you and I have sort of, battled back and forth about conspiracies for for years now because i'm i tend to be a little bit more of a skeptic but um i think conspiracy theories need a better publicist or better marketing because yeah i mean the idea is just (laughs) hey uh here's the story you're being told it's very possible that you're being lied to and i think almost anybody of any background of any political persuasion or whatever would certainly acknowledge like, yes, we are constantly being lied to by the government, big business, big finance, big farm, whatever it is like, yeah, we're constantly being lied to. So why is it a bridge too far to look at almost anything sideways? I will, I will say the more people that have to be involved in a conspiracy, the less likely I am to believe it. You know, if it's, if it's some crazy thing where multiple countries governments have to be involved in the cover-up right that's that's harder but if it's like one or two dudes who perpetrate something and they both kind of just go to their grave and not tell anybody that that just seems a lot more doable so yeah that's that's kind of where i come from with conspiracies in general like the more people are involved i just think and you see examples of this a lot too where cover-ups only last for so long because somebody eventually spills the beans or Right. It's a letter or deathbed confession, but not always. I mean, not always. Yeah. I mean, just if I can sum it up real quickly, I agree, but there are those like always with everything, like there's an exception to the rule or like there's sure. some ex- exceptions that have like, like really crazy kinds of kinds of connections and coincidences and have a lot going for them. Like to me, like that's the, the JFK assassination. That's like the biggest one where, I really do think something was there was some fuckery afoot, um, but yeah, I would agree. The more people, the more different things to juggle and loose lips and everything. But on on the exceptions, like I feel like like just how you can see like bureaucratic incompetence and duplication of duties and you know just shit getting lost in the mail or somebody didn't get that email. I feel like there's some things where if it got so unwieldy and your marketing, your publicist on that side was so good at branding 
uh, a group or people that speak out against that it makes them look crazy for even questioning. It's like, it's like so big or it's, yeah. it's so far reaching. I feel like you, there's room in there to navigate and get like compartmentalization in certain key. Like not everyone has to know about it, even though it would affect or touch a fuck ton more people like, Oh, everyone will know they'd all be on it. It's like, well, maybe, but maybe it's kind of cloistered within that, department or like subsect of this that you know yeah i feel like there's a lot of room to operate because individuals are smart you know and like you get too many in groups and shit and people become real dumb about things so well and you're 100 percent right because there there have been recent revelations in the past few months about you know disinformation and misinformation has been a real key keyword the last few years and there's been there's been information that's been floated out there for years that way, way down the line after the fact, whether it's the FBI or the CIA, they came out or they get investigated and they're like, yeah, we knew it was bullshit. We knew it was bullshit the entire time, but nobody said anything. It never got out because like you said, they're able to, they're able to keep it pretty tight and just a few people know internally. So if anybody's thinking like, oh no, there's no way a, a huge three letter organization could keep secrets for a long time. Well, tough shit. It happens all the time. Yeah. And it's, it has not only like you have the, the idea, oh yeah, they were lying to us about this, but then there's cases where they actual actually did. And you can go back and look and document and like they're, and they, they, they just wait 30 or 40 years and be like, uh, and apologize. You know, like I think Bill Clinton was famous, like, like doing a big apology and like uh, some kind of proclamation, like to native Americans for their slaughter and genocide and everything, things like that, like being booted off reservation to reservation, like that's come out. The Tuskegee experiment is like a huge one that, that people point to and for good reason. But anyway, yeah, we're starting to get into the weeds already, man. I got my tin foil. Like I'm starting to hear those black helicopters circling outside. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking false flag. Yeah. He's like this every day. Not as a bag of bees. I didn't understand a single word of that. <laughs> that was Tanner from uh, the Bond. Uh, I think I was Spectre. He's like, he's like this every day. Mad as a bag of bees. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, this evening you got uh, myself, Jim G. Baby. These windows are nine inches thick, and if they go, it's INR in two microseconds. <laughs> uh, two microseconds. That, that ending just caps. Dude, rumor has it they took out Bill Paxton because he knew too much about the Titanic. No. Oh, shit. Is that real? Are we going to get no, that? No, not at all. Man, I've seen so much wild shit that I was totally, I was, I was going with it. And of course we have the usual suspect, Steve. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How's it going, man? Doing good. Not really sure why you picked that one, but. uh... (laughs) I wanted the disparity in like my cool one and yours being the lame, the draw like one of your French girls. I wanted you to be jealous that I took the the dope Bill Paxton line. I was hoping for another Bill Paxton line. I'm not going to lie. All right. Enough of that bullshit. There you go. <laughs> nice. I, I had a backup. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> and totally redeem yourself. All right. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about the Titanic and its relation to this Ocean Gate Titan submersible going down with billionaires. Yeah, so if you want, I'll, I'll give a quick little entree. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording in July of 23. But in case you're listening to this in the distant future, uh, you may remember that in late June of 2023, uh, there's this company called OceanGate. They have a submersible that they call the Titan. It's like a submarine, but more experimental and shitty. And it's designed, or it's supposed to be designed, to go down to uh, the wreckage of the Titanic for uh, like sea tourism, basically. So they they sell the seats for $250,000 a pop. And it's supposed to take you down to the wreckage and you, you know, fart around down there and then come back. So in late June, um, this Titan submersible was going down to the wreckage site when it suffered some sort of catastrophic implosion, killing all five on board. And it was a huge thing in the news, uh, mostly because there, it had disappeared and there was like a weird, macabre like countdown of how much oxygen they had left and i think that made it such a huge story like well they have 48 hours now 24 hours and then yeah. and then when they when they found the wreckage the the u.s navy was like yeah we knew that happened immediately because we have these sonar listening devices that probably blew some dudes poor fucking eardrums out when this thing exploded so they knew immediately what happened and so you know pretty pretty cut and dry what happened but it started to bring back to the surface these older Titanic conspiracy theories that I thought were interesting. I thought Jim would be into it. And it sort of uh, entails what happened to the Titan into the lore of the conspiracy theory because the the idea is the powers that be did not want the people in that submersible to go see the actual wreckage because if people see the wreckage, they'll see that the damage to the the hole doesn't comport with the official story that the Titanic hit an iceberg. So that's the, that's the additional layer of this conspiracy that these guys were either all taken out or they weren't actually killed. And for what purpose we can get to later, but the short version is they want to keep more people from going down there. So they want to make it like a more cumbersome permitting permission uh, process and uh, they might have been the sacrificial lamb or it's just a total uh, diversion where it didn't actually happen but now they're going to be calling for for more strict regulation or, or whatever to go see the wreckage so uh, for anybody who's not familiar back in 1912 around uh, I think April 10th is when the Titanic set sail from England on route to New York City it was if not the biggest one of the biggest luxury cruise liners on the sea at the time. It was a big deal. Uh, so four, four days later in the 14th or the night of the 14th into the morning of the 15th, the story is it hits an iceberg, goes down 1500 people dead, 1500 of the 22 people died. And there, there are a couple curious things about the story itself that it could just be hindsight of like, wow, that seems really stupid that they did that. Um, or it could be suspicious depending on how you want to look at it. So uh, the captain of the Titanic, Edward Smith, was a, you know, he was an experienced dude. He knew what he was doing. 
And he'd been given six or seven iceberg warnings that day. Like, hey, the the area you're sailing into right now is full of this shit. So you might want to slow it down or go south. And he was like, I'm not doing either of those things. So... <laughs> uh yeah so yeah he didn't slow down didn't go south and the lookout the person who's responsible for spotting these icebergs in time uh he wasn't able to see it as early as he should have been because he didn't have his binoculars they were in a locked cupboard and they just didn't know where those keys were and jesus christ dude that's like that's like going to the front line and not bringing your gun. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a couple like other war. weird things where uh, the Titanic's radio was shut off shortly before hitting the iceberg. And they would, they would have just missed one more warning from uh, the ship, the Californian, which becomes a pretty focal part of this story. The last, yeah, the last oh. warning came from the Californian, I think at 11 and I believe they struck the iceberg at like 1140. So, you know, not too far ahead, but uh, for some reason. Enough to do something. So, 40 minutes. Yeah. And the Californian was only 10 to 15 miles from the Titanic. So it's not like they're sending them a message from the other side of the ocean. They're like, hey, we're in your neighborhood and shit's fucked up. So, damn. Yeah. Yeah. So their data was probably pretty strong being that close. Like, I guess how maybe their sonar or detection capabilities were. I think they were, I think they were heading in the same direction, but ahead of them. So I think they, I think they were radioing back like, Hey, so it was sheer, just like using eyeballs and seeing and like telegraphing like the, I believe so. I don't know anything about. Yeah. So another weird thing is because yeah, 40 minutes, 40 minutes is like in a, in a boat going that slow and like the routes, like they would only had to deviate like, a tiny bit to make a big wide difference. Like they were that far away or slow down or maybe get the binoculars or, you know, so then there was another thing where um, (laughs) the flares that they shot up when they were going down were the wrong color. So if if you're going to shoot up SOS flares, so other ships in the sea in the, in the area can see you and see you're in distress, you're supposed to use red flares. Uh, For some reason, the captain ordered, the white flares to be fired and they use those for celebration. And so if there were other boats really close by, they might've just seen the flares and ignored it. So that's kind of strange. Oh fuck. They're having a hell of a party over there. What? Why do you have flares to indicate celebration or imminent peril and fucking. (laughs) Well, they put put the colorblind guy in charge of the flares. What could go wrong? Um, uh, just flips a coin, <laughs> decides to call it in or not. Yeah. So it, it sounds like there were God. three dozen ships in the general area of the sea. I don't know how big of a general area that is, but the Carpathia was the ship that ultimately picked up the survivors. And that ship was 50 or 60 miles away at the time. And the Californian, Damn. like we talked about was 10 or 15 miles away. And didn't come at all. And so the, mm. uh, the reason stated that the Californians radio didn't, sorry, the reason that the Californian didn't respond is that their radio operator for some reason was not on duty when the Titanic called for help. 
So another weird thing about the Californian itself is that uh, the ship had zero passengers and its route was just to steam into the middle of the North, North Atlantic and it stopped prior to the Titanic sinking. And the only thing on board other than crew was like a shit ton of blankets and jumpers. And the, the theory being, could this ship have been sent intentionally as like a rescue ship? So keep, keep that little nugget in the back of your mind because the Titanic had 2,200 something people Dude. and on board they had just 3,000 blankets and other like warm provisions uh, for reasons unknown. So, Plot so the Californian was owned by J.P. Morgan of J.P. Morgan fame. You know, if anybody is unfamiliar, <laughs> um, and Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Yeah, and so J.P. Morgan owns the Californian, which is the ship that ultimately is blamed for a lot of the loss of life because they didn't respond either intentionally or accidentally. So. Oh wow, like a good Samaritan law kind of thing? Jesus. Well, I think I think they were just put under a lot of scrutiny after the fact because I think they did like a like a Warren Commission type of postmortem and they're like, What the fuck were you guys doing? Like a ton of people died and I wonder if that's more of like a code of the sea, you know, like <laughs> I don't know why that just struck me as funny. <laughs> what do you mean? It's <laughs> It's frowned upon. I just do bird law. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I meant like, you know, kind of like the unwritten rules, but I feel like maybe there are like, like it's 50, 50. Like you think about old, like, like maritime shit. when you get into international waters, there's a lot more yeah. gray area and like, and then there's like also like, I think because seafarers like have like a, like one of those uh, kind of critical mass kind of connections, like like firefighter, like a brotherhood of like, you know, people that uh, are exposed to like the elements and shit. Like you're going to go out and like if, if, if you know a ship is in peril, you're going to go try to save it. And like maybe that they looked at that like that was real Bush League move, you know, like that you didn't do anything. Yeah. I don't know if I'm tying that together quite right, but that's kind of what i'm getting yeah i mean at. even if you i mean you have to imagine that even if there's not like some sort of maritime law or uh whatever you called it there had to have been some like moral obligation that they were under law of the sea law of the sea yeah <laughs> um yeah so like like we said the californian was owned by jp morgan but jp morgan also was a part of the ownership of the white star line which owned the the titanic the Britannic and the Olympic. So it's under, it's under his same ownership. So you would think that he'd be like, Hey, my ship go rescue my other ship. You know, it's not like they were Japanese whalers and it was like a, a German pleasure crew. You know, it, they were very closely related. So, right. Yeah. The, the JP Morgan connection becomes more prominent later on, but uh, that's just a little, appetizer for that so uh the alternative theory or the, the first alternative theory is that the whole entire sinking was just an insurance scam and so the background for this and i i think this has been 
pretty well debunked, but maybe not. I mean, that could just be bullshit that they're putting out there. But the general Mm -hmm. idea of the insurance scam is that the Titanic, like we just mentioned, had two sister ships, the Britannic and the Olympic. Uh, The Olympic was put into commission a year prior to Titanic, but it was just fucked from the very beginning. It had multiple collisions. The second, the second one of it, its collisions was apparently the more serious one. It collided with a Royal Navy ship, the Hawk, and it, it apparently fucked up the the keel and internal steel beams, which is a pretty big deal in the 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 land of the sea. So <laughs> the, the law the of the law sea. Of the sea. <laughs> so I I was reading that there there was speculation that. The damage was actually a lot worse than what they were reporting, and it was essentially a, a salvage at that point, you know, just unfixable. And if you were to try to fix it, it would be millions of pounds, and this is 1911, 1912. So, pounds? yeah. So, like we said, J.P. Morgan owned the White Star Line, or was part of the ownership, which operated these ships. Um, so the idea was, okay, well, if we can, if we can switch swap the identities of the Titanic and the Olympic, dump it, claim it was the Titanic, get insurance money, Bob's your uncle. So these two ships, if you look at pictures of them, they look they look pretty fucking close to each other and they were they were moored in Ireland right next to each other. So the the thinking is mm-hmm. they swap over nameplates, they swap over like furniture. Um, a lot of things on the ship had uh, stamps specific to the ship. So they thought they could just switch them all and no one would be the wiser. Uh, a couple of the more prominent mm. details that lead people to think that Titanic was actually Olympic. Uh, the first one is that if you look at uh, portholes on the side of the ships, Titanic had 14, Olympic had 16. When the Titanic set sail, it had 16. So they could have either added some or, the obvious inference would be that it's not the Titanic. Um, I saw a little bit about window spacing. You know, it, it looks a little bit different on each ship. One, it's a little more even, and the other's a little disjointed, whatever. Um, I guess there's a, a propeller stamp on, I'm just going to call it the, the ship that has sunk the Titanic, um, that made it look like, uh, the Olympic had the Titanic's propeller, but they think that maybe when the Olympic got damaged, they swapped the propeller from the Titanic. So there's there's a plausible explanation for why plausible. parts could be going back and forth between these ships, but it's just one more thing to add to the list. Speaking of list. That's fucking interesting, man. That's that fucking interesting. interesting. Speaking of yeah. list, it was said that the Olympic had a list to port from the collision, it was all fucked up and it's like pulling to one side. And there was mm-hmm. a, a, a survivor of the Titanic who was a science teacher. And he said that he could tell that the ship was listing to one side. Um, I can't remember what it was that made him notice that. Cause it's not just like the ship's pulling to the left. It's like, sl- it's like tilted. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, that shit looks crazy. You ever see like those, like, people out at sea or like the Alaskan crab fit like deadliest catch when they're in like really rough or it shows like, um, uh, like ship footage of them going down 
and and listing suit like it the 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 severity like in degrees is like insane it like it kind of like freaks me out and goes back to like like i don't i don't think i could ever do anything like that like just seeing like some of these yeah gulfs like some of the guys they'd be like they look like apartment buildings like the waves and like these gulfs are going down and like i couldn't do that either not a chance um I don't abide by the laws of the sea either, so that that would be tough. <laughs> so there was there was also rumor that it was sort of well known what was happening at the time that the the swap was about to happen for the insurance, and uh, part partly that was indicated by I guess there was a um, they were having an issue finding enough crewmen to operate the Titanic. The thinking is the people who work in these shipyards words got around and they're like, I'm not, I'm not getting on that fucking death trap. Even if, even if they're being assured, like, no, we're going to have another ship. It's going to be right there. It's going to rescue everybody. We're just going to dump this ship into the ocean. Everybody's going to make a little money and not a problem. And uh, another thing I saw was that Titanic's actual capacity versus the amount of people who passengers who set sail on it was maybe half. I wasn't able to fully confirm that, but that would also sort of lend itself to uh, maybe, maybe word was getting around that this is like a suicide mission. Um, So JP Morgan himself was also scheduled to be on the, on the voyage, but at the last minute canceled said he wasn't feeling well. Uh, this turned out to be a lie because they found him, I think, a day or two later, just living it up. And several of his known business associates also skipped the voyage. I saw uh, the number 50. I saw the number mm. 50 thrown around, like 50 of his business associates uh, un- unceremoniously Damn. disembarked from the voyage. So, you know, that's 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 the kind of coincidence that makes me raise my eyebrows and those are the those are the ones that like seem like the most blatant when you see like yeah these people i'm it happened on 9-11 not to go down that route but there's a lot of people that that were supposed to either be in that area or flying that day or caught a flight on one of the the planes that that hit um well well, that's a yeah that that makes me that's an interesting point you bring up because i know there's Dude, the uh, also the uh, you know that crazy one, the uh, Malaysia like flight three eighty or three seventy, uh-huh. whatever the fuck, the super weird one that just yeah. disappeared. That dude, I can't remember. I'm gonna speak way out of school, but it was like, it was like somewhere between like eight and like fifteen, like super high. They were like scientists in a particular, like a really specific field, and they were like, like the at the vanguard of this shit. I don't know if it was like chemical or some technological, but like that one made me kind of jump like, Ooh, what, what were they into? You know, like preceding that, is there anything kind of suspicious or is it pure coincidence? So you're going to love this. Uh, in regards to the nine 11 thing, I remember hearing crazy, the crazy kooky conspiracy theory was that no Jews were in the towers on nine 11 because they all got a phone call and they stayed home. Uh, complete, completely untrue. Right. Tons of Jews died. But uh, when it relates to plane crashes and people dying in plane crashes, I think it was in 
I think it was in one of the Freakonomics books, or maybe it was something else where it was talking about normal passenger flights. They have a certain percentage of no-shows just all the time. It's just the nature of it. Mm -hmm. They were finding an interesting statistical correlation between planes that eventually crashed and an increase in passengers not showing up. And I mean, it could be a coincidence or it could be suggested, this is a little kooky, but it could be suggested that these people have some sort of premonition that they're not even aware of. Yeah, or intuitious, intuition, yeah. unconscious, the collective, the hive mind, the world or the universe, like giving them like a little insight or a little push in yeah. a direction. So I don't know. That's the type of thing that seems interesting when you, if you have a sort of undeniable statistical correlation with no real explanation, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when yeah. it comes to the, that insurance cool. fraud theory. The the biggest counter argument that I see is even if you're able to pull this scam off, I feel like the, the loss of reputation to your business is so much more than the millions of pounds you're saving through this insurance scam. I mean, who, who the fuck is going to want to go on another White Star Line ship after the Titanic goes down, right. the the counter counter argument would be, well, nobody was supposed to die. They were just supposed to be rescued by the ship that uh, possibly was supposed to be closer than 10 or 15 miles. But for some reason, they navigated to the wrong place and then didn't have their radio on. And so nobody was supposed to die. But <laughs> um, the, the rescue was botched. And yeah, so I don't know. It, it seems like a very big gamble that uh in this case mm-hmm. it didn't seem to work yeah. out so and i i have seen there's unrealized idea unrealized so i mean the, the insurance angle is is a fun one and i'm not fully dismissing it at this point because how could you but uh the second conspiracy theory is where we get into some fun stuff that i don't know how familiar you are with it but it gets pretty it gets pretty wild and this could go down a much deeper rabbit hole that might need to be its own episode, but your cat, your cat's staring at me right now. It just was, it was deadlocked. She's been, she's been home alone all day. So she's very upset with me and, and happy to, happy to be involved. (laughs) 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 You saying that matches up her demeanor and look perfectly like, yeah, this fucking asshole left me all day. So she's like, and now I'm gl- now and now he's taking more time to talk and to I'm you. I'm just gonna lay man. in front of you. Uh, so the <laughs> well, tell her I'm 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 cracking a uh, this is a local uh, Upland Brewing patio oh. cat. Is that local to you? It's a session ale with guava. How fun. How fun. We'll see. Yeah, it's local to uh, the Northeast Indiana environs. All right, so, ooh, I like. Can that. you taste the guava? Very. Oh yeah, that's it's very much like a tropical okay. torpedo. Yeah. Which I I actually I really dig those a lot. Yeah, Sierra Sierra Nevada knows what they're doing. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, so alternative theory number two. <laughs> that was such an I'll be darn transition. All right, well. Uh, <laughs> 
It's a corporate kiss, but man. Are you familiar with the, the theory I'm about to float right now? No. Okay. So the second theory is that the Titanic was sunk on purpose, not by hitting an iceberg, but through explosives that were placed on board. And the purpose was to assassinate opponents of the yet to be created federal reserve. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't really think we should get in too deep on what the federal reserve (laughs) is and the merits of it. Um, Let's just say uh, that's the fast track to like Illuminati throwing around. We'll we'll start talking about the cabal and thing and the elite. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I figure we should give a little bit of background if, if people are unfamiliar and, and I'm not claiming to be an, an expert by any means, but um, so the federal reserve is, I mean, everything that it's described as it's not even really what it is. It's described as the central bank of the United States, but uh, it's, it's not federal or reserve. It's, it's in this weird no man's land of it, it's a public corporation but there's government oversight. So the board members are approved by the, are appointed by the president, but they have to be confirmed by the Senate. But after that, they operate completely on their own. And it's essentially a banking monopoly that the idea is to stabilize the U S economy and help, uh, borrowers. But I mean, it, it'll come as a shock to nobody that anytime there's a monopoly, uh, very bad things happen to the regular people and very good things happen to those, you know, in, in charge, the rich get richer. Yeah. So captains of industry. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a reserve because <laughs> like all banks, the fed only carries three to 10% of all the credit that they issue held in reserve. Um, so yeah, it's not federal. It's not a reserve. It's a central I've bank. I've always heard it thrown around by like Alex Jones and it's like, like federal reserve is no more federal than federal express. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I um, have the so, documents. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the fed, they set interest rates, they manage the money supply, which is a joke, which means they print money at, at a whim and they re- regulate financial markets. So think of these Fiat three things. Currency. Yeah. So they set interest rates independent of anything. So there's no competition between different banks. If you want to go get a mortgage, you know, there, anytime there's a monopoly, it's very bad for people is the short version. They manage the money supply. Well, how's that been working out? They've, they've diluted the value of the the U S dollar to where it's like, uh, 95% loss in value since the fed has been established in the last hundred and 15 or yeah, 10 years it, like or whatever. 20 th- or 1913-ish? Yeah, 1913. A year after the Titanic goes down, they're finally able to establish the Federal Reserve. So manage the money supply. Good job. And regulate financial markets. Hmm, good job. Yeah, it's not like we've had multiple boom and bust cycles since then, the Great Depression. It's, in my opinion, a joke. It's not a good thing. And anyway, so I don't know if you wanted no. to get any more into that. I just uh, like you always hear and I, I see it more and more. I just saw one today talking about like the disparity and like you used to be able to do like a guy 
in the fifties working at a gas station could support a family of four kids and have an, and have a house, things like that. That's like the most like base example. But then you see other ones like, like I just saw one today, this dude, uh, he was talking about his dad. He got a job in 1982 for like, but like some big company that had a pension, you know, people would work there 20, 30 years. And back then like pensions were more uh, standard, I guess, in like 60s, 70s, 80s, more unions and things like that. But his dad st- started making like 1275 an hour in 1982. And I think he worked up, he worked there for like 35 years and worked up to like in the mid 90s, made like 26 an hour, which was great. And he was able to afford a 2000 square foot ranch style home, put a pool in, kids always went on vacations, this and that. And the son now, he's like, I just got fired, but I was making, it looks like he lived in San Francisco or maybe a big city like Seattle. He's like, I was making $48 an hour at Facebook, at Meta, as like a security advisor or something, something cyber. And, uh, but like 48 bucks an hour, he's like, I'm paying out the ass in rent. It's like for a 500 square foot shit box, you know? And I'm just like struggling, like scrounging because the increase in pay comparative to like the cost of goods and services yeah. and how like, like right now I th- it's like seven, 8% on mortgage loans right now, which increases like, it's like the equivalent of if interest rates were back like two to 4% for mortgages, you could afford like for a $400,000 house over the life of the loan, you pay like six fifty or 700 with interest. And now yeah. it's like 1.6 million for that same, or like 1.3 million for that same $400,000 house over the life of the loan. Like it's cra- like, yeah, people, I mean, you can't do it. I, I hate to say it, but we are, we are living in a crumbling empire. That's the sad truth. Uh, our economy is basically a house of cards. We are, we're 30, what? 37 trillion fucking dollars in debt. And like, it's a runaway. It's net. That's never going away. I mean, no, I mean, one of, one of the reasons why I think the fed was created was if the government wants to spend more money, they need to get like approval from voters or, you know, they have to go through these certain channels to get it, or they can just have the fed print a shit ton of money. And well, now, now we've got money to do it. But every time they do that, it devalues it more and more and more. Right. So I think, I mean, the real like fundamental issue, other than all of the practical things that it fucks up left, right and center is it's the centralization of power. It's it's completely the opposite of what the country was founded on, because when you put all of your power centralized, it, it becomes abused. And it's also like filled with like duplication the bureaucracy and everything that gets tied up into it, things move slow. It sucks in a ton of resource. Yeah. I mean, and I know it sounds cynical, but it's like anything that you trust the federal government to do unilaterally, they're going to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. So imagine, imagine if they were like, um, you know, we're going to put these auto manufacturers out of business because there's too much variation between, and you know, there's, too much uh, instability. So uh, we are going to create a government auto manufacturer. You know how quickly that would turn to shit and just the grift of stealing Mm -hmm. money. You know, it's like it's Soviet shit is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so if you go all the way back to Thomas Jefferson, he was opposed to 
uh, a central bank because they we've tried it I think twice in U.S. history for a short period of time and it was never renewed because everybody knew it was going to be a clusterfuck. So yeah, uh, Thomas Jefferson was opposed to it from the very beginning for for two main reasons. One, it would create a, create a financial monopoly that would favor financiers and merchants, aka lenders, over farmers and other people at the time, aka borrowers. So yeah, no shit that this is going to favor the bankers over the regular person and people in government. They're they'll be happy to wet their beak to let their friends make a shit ton of money, and uh, it's it's gotten us to where we are now. Yeah. So if you can sell that like American dream and you can keep that bottom half, the borrowers and like placated enough to where they're cool with that. And they don't know that there's this whole grift on the other end. It's like the people in power and the merchants and the lenders and the, 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 the elite part of society, they're not just going to like find it in their hearts one day or like change tactics. It's like, you're going to run that thing dry. You're going to like, this is your meal ticket. You're not, things aren't going to, Yeah. Well, this isn't fairy tale land, you know, like that's why the rich stay richer and you have dynasties and so on and so forth, you know? Well, and I think, I think they also take advantage of people just not even understanding or thinking about the concept at all. Because if you had, if you had a room full of the most conservative Republicans or the most liberal Democrats or independents or whatever, I don't think it would take very long to convince everybody in that room that the Federal Reserve is a bad thing for the country and they're all getting fucked by it at the end of the day. I don't think it's it's very controversial in that regard, but maybe I'm wrong. But the, the second reason why Jefferson and a lot of people are opposed to the Federal Reserve is the Constitution doesn't grant the government the authority to establish a central bank, which, I mean, maybe that should be reason number one, but yeah they're not just allowed to do whatever they want, you know? So, and there's a reason why this isn't one of the, I don't know, what is it? There's like 30 enumerated powers that's given to the, given to the government. And this is certainly not one of them. So, right. It's one of those things. It's so big and it's so part of the institution of like the way things run and the way things work in the world. Even if you wanted to do something about it, what are you going to do? It's been going yeah. like this way for a hundred years. You know, it's like, <laughs> I think it's unfixable at this point. Personally, I, I just think it's gone way too far. There's, there's just so much corruption all, all across the board that, well, and, and the, the sad truth is if, if there were politicians who were trying to come in and be like, Hey, uh, he, here are the hard truths of what we need to do to solve this problem. Nobody's going to vote for him. Nobody yeah. wants to, nobody wants to hear like, Hey, I have some really bad news for you guys. This is what we're going to have to do to, to yeah. solve the problem. Pe- people want like weird platitudes of, you know, uh, oh, we feel great about the future. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's all bullshit. So, yeah. Okay. So without, without going too deep down the yeah, rabbit we're hole. We're going into some deep waters there. Yeah. We're it's about good. to get drone struck for sure. <laughs> um, so in general, the people who are in favor of the creation of the Federal Reserve were bankers, right? Because they saw this as an opportunity to, hey, we're going to get in there to this private corporation in this monopoly and take advantage. So people like the JP Morgans of the world, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, which if if you want to go down the rabbit hole of the Rothschilds, just prepare yourself for rampant anti-Semitism. It is insane 
the type of stuff that you see when you start looking into this type of thing, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. And I mean, it, it's completely undeserved because for just a quick little history lesson for those that are unfamiliar, the reason why the Jews get such, get this reputation for being like money, like bankers, money lenders and mm-hmm. covetous, whatever it's because, uh, in Europe way back when, uh, Christians or Catholics, I guess, they weren't allowed to lend other people money and charge them interest. It was just part of the the, uh, teachings of the Catholic Church. So as you can imagine, yeah, the law of the the sea. Uh, So as you can imagine, there weren't a ton of Catholic people jumping at the opportunity to lend money to other people with no interest being paid back. So that's not a tenet of the Jewish faith. So they were like, well, yeah, we see a business opportunity to lend people money and make a small return on interest. So that's where they get this reputation of being like, oh, weird, the, the, the cabal of financial you yeah. know, overlords or whatever. It's like, well, there was a, uh, a need in the market and they were there. So, but yeah, so just kind be careful. Like, you- like Dutch are with like the fucking tulips. They have a monopoly on the, the tulips every spring or summer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is that not a good analogy? I don't think it is, but I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so here, here's a different analogy. Imagine if you were living in... just been revoked. Yeah, so imagine if you were living in India and the people there were like, I want a fucking hamburger more than anything in the world. And the the local Hindus were like, well, we're not allowed to eat beef, but if you're living there, you're like, I'll fucking sell you a hamburger. It's not, not against my religion. So yeah, then you would get a reputation for a, the beef peddler or the hamburger guy. It's like, well, <laughs> you're just, you're just addressing a, a market need. Right. So Alert. The, Bur- the burger alert <laughs> the beef peddler yeah where's the beef uh okay so those would those would be the people presumably in favor of the federal reserve the bankers the jp morgans the rockefellers the rothschilds be very careful with your googling by the way once again if you're gonna go down that rabbit hole yeah the type of people that would yeah. be opposed to it and in this case, the people who are reportedly opposed to it would be uh, Benjamin Guggenheim, John Jacob Astor, Isidore Strauss, three of the most prominent business people at the time. They also happen to be the three richest men on the ship. So you could see why business people would be associate, uh, why business people would be opposed to it because they're basically going to get fucked over on their lending because now now the bankers have created this consortium of a monopolized lending system where they can just take advantage of the economic system right so obviously business people they would be opposed to it so um so yeah these three gentlemen who were opposed to it were on the ship and ship goes down they all die a year later the the federal reserve is successfully successfully created so um once again the theory is it wasn't an iceberg but bombs or tnt or whatever Was pla- were placed on the ship below deck um, to facilitate the sinking. This kind of 
this kind of doesn't really coincide with the theory that the Californian was sent there as a as an intentional rescue ship because why are you going to sink the ship and then rescue everybody especially if you're it's an assassination attempt i mean unless unless they were assuming that by cutting back the number of lifeboats only the women and children would get off and all the rich men would still die right i don't know i i could i would listen to the argument but um yeah, yeah. so there were there were several passengers who survived who reported hearing I think four separate explosions below deck, not not the the hitting and the the grinding down the side of the hole right. that you hear about. And yeah, I guess I guess one of the first expeditions they did down to the Titanic, they were expecting to see a large gash in the side of the hole from the iceberg, and because they talk about it in in the movie, which <clears throat> it's been a million years since I've seen it, but they talk about the gash in the hole went far enough laterally that it that it got into too many of the bulkheads. Uh, yeah, so when they went to see the wreckage, they expected to see this giant gash, and they estimated it would be, I think, <clears throat> sorry, 120 meters. But when they got down there, they they didn't see that. But what they saw was multiple, like 50 centimeter holes, mm-hmm. holes in the hole which is more consistent with an explosion from inside the ship. And you would, you'd be able to tell just by looking at it where if it's an iceberg from the outside, presumably the metal would be curled inward, right? Because right? it's an outside force acting in. Mm-hmm. But if it's an explosion, it would be curled out inside out. Yeah, so makes sense. This is, this is one of the prevailing theories of why they don't want people to go look at the wreckage because they're like, hey, that doesn't, that doesn't look right. Um, and then that would just lead to further investigation. And I saw, I saw an article back in 2017 where they were speculating that, uh, oh, you know what? It's possible that there was a, uh, an undetected coal fire for two weeks prior, sort of as a, a planted story possibly. So if, if it is eventually found out that it was an explosion, they could point to this and be like, oh, yeah, we, we thought it could have been a, a coal fire that just went undetected for two weeks and then exploded. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was my first kind of counter. Like, OK, let's think from a skeptical explosions. That could be anything. You especially dealing with a, as big of a ship as that is and like what it takes to run it. Like you could always point to, you know, catastrophic failure in like this boiler and it, or this, uh, whatever, one of the stacks where they're feeding coal and that caused an explosion. You know, that's like what my first counter, like, well, how well is, has that been explored? And and is that something you can even tell from examining it? But yeah, I mean, and another big thing too, like, do you, do you happen to know where the Titanic, uh, ended on the sea floor? Was it, just flat seafloor or was that, were there a bunch of rocky outcroppings? Because I think about when something goes down, especially that big and that massive, I wonder how hard it is to quantify like what the impact is once it rests on the floor. Like if there's like a big fucking coral crazy rock thing and it fucking falls and slides down and twists and turns like that, that could be another like skeptical angle to me to look at first that I would want to like rule out. 
but yeah, it seems like there'd be a lot of variables to like weigh and judge, like like do an autopsy on a fucking massive ship at the bottom of the ocean. All these different factors, like it seems really hard to like. Maybe it's easy with like the technology and like the methods, the forensic methods they have of wreckages and shit like that. But to me, it just seems like really hard. You don't have to have like excellent evidence to be able to like pinpoint, you know, I mean, there's still, you think about like human bodies, people that are killed or murdered and the level of variation and like, you know, interpretation involved with assigning like cause of death and shit like that. So yeah. that'll be, that's like my first gut counter to to that kind of thing. But well, yes. Yeah. And especially since the, the ship is being eaten by the ocean. So. Oh yeah. Like every, corrosion every day over that, the years. And yeah. Yeah. Every, every day that goes by, it's just going to be harder and harder to try to work your way backward and, and figure out what actually happened. But yeah, then it, to me, then it's like, if that's been exhausted, then the more, the circumstantial kind of like the things around it and, and the intangibles that are tied to like, um, like the things that you've already touched on, but is that wrapping up the the second major conspiracy theory? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So circling back to the ocean gate and the Titan submersible, um, if, if you were to try to make, if you were to try to make the argument that it was intentionally either sabotaged or just a, a mission designed to fail. I, I mean, you could, you could point out a, a lot of different things. Like, I don't know if you saw any of the interviews that this fucking crazy ass CEO did in the years leading up to the implosion. No. But can I read you, off? I, I I jotted down four random headlines. That okay. Yeah. All each involved the CEO. I think in one way or another. And these are things that I just grabbed that like that add to like the the theater and the circus that this thing is i think just distills it pretty well so four random headlines i i pulled about this were that just jumped out like a glazed donut to me uh ocean quote ocean gate ceo used college interns to design subs electrical system okay i mean were they best the best and the brightest i would imagine like <laughs> your electrical system for a submarine would be in more capable hands than college interns but ocean gate ceo compared glue holding titan sub together to peanut butter some of these i don't know are, i know headlines are meant to grab you and they're not always within the full context or anything but i thought these were just fun um yeah marine certification company declined request to certify ocean gate titan uh, last one, engineer says OceanGate CEO ignored her submersible warnings. "Quote: Someone is going to be killed." <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are what so many fuck? sound bites. Yeah, the that, game controller, like, dude, the game controller. He, I mean, he, there were so many examples of him saying stuff like, "I don't want to, I don't want a bunch of old guys on my engineering crew. They're uninspired. I want kids." Like, okay, well. <laughs> Well, and then he's like, I'm, I'm kind of a rule breaker. I'm definitely known for breaking all the rules. Like, dude, it, you're dead now. These are the types of things that you look back on and think, yes, we should have seen this coming. Yeah. And he was talking about because the ship is made of some kind of composite of carbon fiber and some other shit. And he's like, nobody else has ever done it like this. <laughs> it's like, well, 
there's a reason why. And so when when the when the submersible goes down to that depth, there's so much pressure mm-hmm. that when it comes back up, it's relieved. So what they what they need to do is, I think, X-ray the entire thing to see. So if you imagine like a plastic water bottle, if you squeeze the shit out of it and then let it go back to form, there's going to be like little imperfections that you can't necessarily see when it's back to full form. Right. So you would need to x-ray it because if it's just like one tiny little crack, when it gets down under that pressure again, it's just going to pop and die. And right. that's, that's what happened. And it, it sounds like that's why people weren't using carbon fiber. And yeah, the, the PlayStation remote, it, it almost seems comical if it wasn't sad. Because if you look at some of the other, like the James Cameron ships that went down there. Yeah, night and day. This looks like, yeah, this looks like a hot... A, a water heater with a toilet on one side. Yeah. And dude, it made me think of, I, I was watching when I was trying to pull that fucking draw me like your French girl, uh, <laughs> soundbite. Someone that same video on YouTube, someone did like a, uh, a meme of it. So they show the clip where she's like, I want you to draw me like a French girl with only this. And she's like getting ready. And, Leo DiCaprio sitting there, he's starting to sketch and it has, you know, the Titanic song come on the, and then this plays. (laughs) Yeah. And it's fucking Leo DiCaprio and it's a hand and it's drawing like the worst, like stick figure, like fucked up, like kids coming down, like a six year old through a naked lady. Oh, that shit killed me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> the the reason I brought that up is too. I I have a fun soundbite with some of the CEO, and uh, our boy Bill Hips Paxton has something to say about it. Plexiglass, seven inches thick. Christ, that is bullshit. Acrylic's great because it squeezes in, and before it cracks or fails, it starts to, to crackle. And so you get a huge warning if it's going to fail. He's got no instincts. As I recall, the Newport was not rated for that kind of depth. The manufacturer said this in delivering it. I believe it's pretty much invulnerable. And that's pretty much what they said about the Titanic. That's right. <laughs> So I just saw the other day they released, and it's unconfirmed, but it, it's purported to be the communication between the Titan and its like mother ship up top because they were having issues. And so originally the thought was, "Here, wait, you're, you're you cut out pretty hard right there. Hold on. Oh, sorry. All right, it seems to have stabilized." You cut off right when you said when it connected with the mothership. Okay. So they just released a thing the other day that it's unconfirmed, but it's the text communication back and forth between the Titan and the mothership because they, they, the original story was on the descent, there was some imperfection that caused the sub to just implode. So there was no warning, uh, the, the numbers I heard were it took two nanoseconds for the thing to implode and it takes four nanoseconds for your spinal column to register any sort of problem. So they, according to this, they literally didn't have any notion that something was wrong. But 
this new communication that was released unconfirmed uh, sort of flies in the face of that because there's there's communication back and forth of like different systems alarms going off and it sounds like they tried to ascend and if, if anybody's interested they can find it online but it's pretty fucked up because it sounds like they were going down they knew they had a problem they were descending too fast mm-hmm. which is why the pressure might have overtaken the thing so then when they realized there was a problem they dumped some of their weights to help them ascend faster. They weren't ascending fast enough. Alarms and shit were going off and then they just popped. So, Damn. so what originally was That's what, what seemed like a merciful way to die, like just instant, no, no lead up. It doesn't sound like that's the case. If you're to believe these uh, transcripts that were just released. So, yeah, I saw a thing I have. Uh, it's a, uh, from the data is beautiful subreddit it's the unverified dive profile from the titan uh the transcript and it shows like a it's just like a bar graph and it goes it looks like a slice of pizza like it just goes from zero meters all the way down to like 3300 3500 meters i think that's meters um and one of the comments is like it nearly completed its two and a half hour depth in 1.5 hours that seems like a big red flag if true <clears throat> frog in my yeah. throat um so yeah i mean there's some hours in there like if they knew they were going down too fast and then they tried to uh ascend too fast you gotta imagine there's panic involved and like you know well they were from the numbers i saw they descended way too fast mm-hmm. and then when they tried to turn it around and ascend it was so slow like they weren't getting up out of that pressure fast enough yeah. so yeah yeah, I've one, thought about one other, some of that stuff, like thinking, like if you know you're fucked, or if like like that kind of, but you have to wait. It's it's stretched out over a period of time. Like that's gotta be the worst. Well, and it sounds like they were hearing noises coming from the back, so like crackling or like popping. So that's gotta be freaking them out too. Oh, I, one quick thing about the sonar it, that you touched on at the beginning, like yeah. It, pour this blue gentle pour this gentleman's yeah. eardrums out i was reading some wild shit some of it went back and forth like i was in the navy for 30 years and this and that but i think what i determined was like it was like dude sonar will fuck you up like this and that and like that's how that's why the sperm whales and blue whales just fucking just go down they get obliterated and they go down to the bottom of the sea and uh like this would liquefy their bodies and shit like if they got hit by like a, a sonar wave and then some people were like, if it was like a big ass, like Navy warship or like something like that had like a huge ass sonar battery and that's blasting like a certain frequency, then yeah, you'd be jelly, but it's, it's not a one size fits all when it comes to sonar, uh, which I thought I had no idea about. I didn't know it affected like the human body, like sending those fucking pings, those pulse whatever's i don't i don't know if i understand fully what you're saying are are you saying that people are speculating that the underwater sonar listening station fucked up the sub or no i've seen some of that some people say like that's what took the ship out and then people were like oh yeah sonar's this powerful and they used an example like if a human like was just in the water 
and got hit by a sound wave, it would liquefy them like from the inside out. Hmm. Like yeah. the sonar, the blast of that like frequency of that shit coming at you. And then like it fucks up whales and shit all the time. Like with big like subs and fucking like destroyers and like big ass ships out on the open ocean. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm not even going to pretend to like I have any idea what that what you're talking about at all. But <laughs> yeah, you you think that would be? Hmm. Yeah, I had never even th- crossed my mind before, and I was like, "Fucked." I didn't know like it, it would have that kind of effect. Yeah, because th- the impression I got was not that the uh, the. The detection of the implosion was not from a sonar station, but it was more from like something that would be equivalent to like an underwater Richter scale, like something that is just sitting there as a as a receiver instead of a transmitter and that it picked up on the waves of this thing that came out. But that's I don't know. That's just the impression I got. So. It's the impression that I get. Yeah, that was a huge side tangent. Anyway, that, that that sonar shit. I'll have to look into it a little bit more, but I was like, never heard anything like that before. I mean, but if that was the case, couldn't you, I mean, this is just what we do in the United States. Couldn't you weaponize that to take out German U-boats? Yeah, you would think. Maybe it has a different effect on like once you hit a certain threshold, like of ship or something. You know, like it's built to withstand. Or, well, and, or and I don't think that. I don't think any regular submarine is able to go down as deep as these special submersibles are, right? Yeah, I don't know how close in proximity you have to be, or what like angle or depth for some. For, I don't know how sonar works. Um, I probably should, since. We're waxing the porpoise. Because um, huh. porpoises yeah, have I mean, sonar, don't they? Like dolphins and shit. The fucking I think they have I think they have some kind of like echolocation. Echo yeah, that's what it is. Remember Dude, Echo and you the know Dolphin from Genesis? I do. I remember it well. Dude. You know and you know what's game. interesting? They um this isn't like theory, this is confirmed. Like <clears throat> if there's a battleship or some kind of ship they will put two dolphins in cages on separate sides. And if there is like a, a, uh, like a Navy seal who tries to, this is part of their training to like somehow reach a ship and avoiding the two dolphins because the two dolphins are like communicating back and forth. And if there's a break in the communication, I'm doing a really bad job of explaining it, but (laughs) They use the dolphins as a sort of like uh, security alarm. Huh. So they can detect swimmers in the water. And I oh, think okay. they like <laughs> alert. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, just took me back to like when uh, Ross was asked the question, like, like what he thought velociraptors raptors would sound like. If we could go back and hear one. <laughs> Jurassic Park could happen. JP. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. That's one I don't have. Or the I wish I really had the Steve Zissou, the fucking 
son of a son of a bitch these dolphins i'm sick of it cuz they never work they have he has he, he has two dolphins that swim with the ship and their echolocation's always busted anyway hmm. unrealized one more fun little piece of trivia about ocean gate is that i think 10 years ago they appointed a new board member david rothschild oh shit yeah, that's the fast track to the Illuminati shit. Yeah. Real quick. Once you go start going Rothschild, you start getting into like the Priory of Scion and the fucking Cabal. And, well, yeah. I, was, I was telling Jim that I read uh, some, I, I guess it could only be described as like a college paper that somebody had put online. It was like a 58 page paper. Damn. But from, but from, I can't remember. It was like Nigeria or Uganda or it was some African nation. And there was heavy, heavy anti-Semitic <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, that's right. In, in this that. paper. It was wild. Damn. It's fucking wild. Yeah. They did have a dedication page to Allah at the beginning. So that could have something to do with. Yeah. Their Here's religious. Yeah. Their, their religious. Uh, proclivities but um yeah i I did want to add yeah there was one one last very interesting piece of trivia here where back in 1898 there was a book written by a guy named morgan robertson that was called the futility or the wreck of the titan and the book centers around an unsinkable ship named the titan which does in fact sink after hitting an iceberg and there was also a a serious lack of lifeboats on the ship and Robertson who wrote the book in 1898 was found dead in 1915 of a reported overdose. So damn that's fun. of what Heron peraldehyde. That sounds fucked up. It's like something. Yeah. Sounds like you, you work on with like a ca- cadaver makes me think of like formaldehyde. Yeah. I think it's similar. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. Damn. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Similar name, exact description of the ship, uh, lifeboats, iceberg. And then that's like a reverse. Like, you know how like the Simpsons people point to like, Oh, the Simpsons called this and that, like Trump getting elected and like all these, there's a a bunch of them, but I guess someone went back and they found one for this. For like Ocean Gate, like it was rich billionaires getting on a sub that fucking like crashes or implodes or something. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of freaky. I I hear. We are living in a simulation. Yeah, dude. Sometimes <laughs> I really fucking think so, and then sometimes I it kind of like f- floats out of my brain. But um, how is that an apostrophe? Um, I remember when I heard <laughs> Ocean Gate come out too like just hearing it in the background trying to tune the world out uh i thought it was like you know i i didn't know that was the name of the company i thought it was you know how it's very chic to put slash gate on anything on any kind of controversy or whatever i thought this yeah this is what it was because it happened in the ocean it's like oh it's ocean gate fucking but no sure shit that's just the name of the company <laughs> i was like yeah well, it's going to be hard to de- dethrone them from this title now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, did you hear I uh, among my 
most cursory of research of all time. One of the billionaires that was on the ship jumped out to me. His name was Hamish Harding. Have you seen anything about this guy? On the Titan? Yeah. No. Super billionaire. I don't know a a ton about those folks. Was he the Pakistani? No, I think he looked... Either he was like an American or he looked like he could have been like Dutch or Swedish or something. I mean, his first name's Hamish. Um, I don't know what nationality, but he's a billionaire, obviously. Uh, he flew on the 2022 Blue Origin sp- space flight with Jeff Bezos. Jeffrey hmm. Bezos. Have you heard that fucking uh, that song that uh, Bo Burnham did? This no. Last year or two. He did that um. thing, that weird like. I don't know, art experiment thing called, uh, fuck. It was just inside. Yeah. I love Bo Burnham. That was not my favorite. It was, it was weird. It was definitely, he was doing something. Um, but I, I would say three fourths of this article is inaccurate. I like like three fourths of it, (laughs) two thirds of it, but he has one song where he like mentions Jeffrey Bezos and it's super funny. Can't remember what it is. It's like, get your ass in gear and get that fucking money, Jeffrey Bezos. Like, so, something like that. It was a real catchy hook where he drops him. But uh, anyway, this Hamish Harding, he also, he was one of the few people alive or ever to spend any length of time uh, down to the depth of like where the Marianas Trench is, which that's kind of an enigma to me. I, I hear about it and it sounds pretty freaky, but it's like the deepest spot or open yeah. a crevasse into the fucking planet or some shit. Um, and he also has gone to both poles, uh, including he went to, he went on a sojourn or some kind of expedition to the South pole with Buzz Aldrin, who's a definitely an interesting cat when it comes to like conspiracy kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the, the, a lot of the same people who don't think the moon landing is real. Also don't think Antarctica is real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to take it where you can get it, I guess. But, dude, I love my – I'll never forget the Buzz Aldrin, that YouTube When he punches the guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. That's the best. He, you are a liar and a coward. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's speaking in, like, respectable – like, he's not he's not getting, like, crazy, dropping curse words and stuff. He just gets real fucking brisk. But then he follows it up with just, like, a right hook on this guy <laughs> and drops his fucking overweight reporter in the street. And he's, like, 70 – Five thousand years old still and he's just got it is he still alive i don't know i i feel like he is and he's 97 anyway that that dude had some weird connections to things and the like the tiktok cliff's notes conspiracy in a bottle was like he's seen too much stuff he's been to the south pole like you know the south pole is a whole other bag of cats too like inner earth Admiral Byrd expeditions, like, like that's where you get into like the giants. Have you ever heard of that? Like, in the Nephilim and shit like that. Like, that the yeah. that the uh, the land used to be populated by like fucking ten foot tall Viking looking motherfuckers that could do magic and shit. Like, and they yeah, I mean the, 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 the flat Earth, Antarctica is an ice wall around everything. Don't don't lump it in with flat Earth. It's don't it's, do that. Don't, don't do that. I will not abide. Uh, I think there's some overlap there, but there's 
there's standalone stuff separate from flat earth pertaining to yeah i'm not talking about the we're on the fucking tortoise back or the shell or whatever in the fucking ice wall and we're on a disc no um separate from that but anyway i i i didn't know if you had read up or heard about that guy in particular no, there's no because dude, I like thought a it was dude that had a son. He would, I, I think he has a, a kind of an interesting background too. Yeah, because I thought it was the CEO, um, a, a Titanic expert, a um, fuck. Now I'm forgetting the guy because you said Turkish. I don't know if he's Turkish. So I'm a billionaire. I don't know Pakistani billionaire and his son. Uh, his reluctant son who did not want to go. That's the one. Yeah. Cause there was only one kid. So th- yeah, that was, it was a father and son and the son was like 19, I think, and really didn't want to go. And her mom or his mom is out now, like heartbroken and saying like, I didn't want him to go. He didn't want to go and all this shit. It's like, fuck dude, that sucks. Okay. So the fifth guy must be the guy you're talking about. Yeah. He was the one that the most high profile one, I think that people are latching onto right now. Cause, cause of his background, but, um, are there, did you have anything else to cover? I don't know where we're at. Is there a third theory or is it, it's just those, those first two that we talked about and how it relates. Um, to I don't have any stuff? other serious theories. I have a joke theory, which is, uh, the, the, the filming of the Titanic, film was financed only to uh propagate the theory of the iceberg and they were giving james cameron a bunch of money to tell the story and then go away and bill Hmm. paxton yeah i don't know no that's just a joke theory i don't believe it oh like you pulled it out of your ass or it's yeah oh okay yeah i thought you actually saw that somewhere and it was just like a wild conspiracy theory you didn't subscribe to no yeah you know what's interesting is like like the inner i i don't know he probably still is a dick i've heard some stories about james cameron but i will say like it seems like he cares about his productions and like i mean given the length of time that he spent on the last fucking avatar movie which i haven't seen yet the sequel but uh like it was he's been working on it. It's like a labor of love. Like I, I hear he's like very, um, you know, micromanaged, like has to be in charge of every detail. He's, he's a stickler for details and safety. And I saw some background stuff on them preparing for like some of the, the dives and the shots that they would get for, uh, ultimately for Titanic, the movie directed. And dude, it's like, it looked like, like, a well, like it wasn't someone making a movie. It looked like a company or a governmental organization or part of the military that was doing like rigorous testing and like safety protocols and like testing, 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 like getting everything dialed for these subs. Um, because obviously they were making a movie and they had to maintain safety for all the crew and everyone responsible, but it just seemed way more like, and then you hear some of these stories and you see the game controller and the things that are just like, it looks comical almost like how this guy's running this grift when he's charging people 250 grand a pop to go down. It's like, you'd think everything would be like state of the art and like thoroughly tested, regulated, like. Well, and I don't know if you've ever read the, they finally released 
the waiver that people had to sign to go down into the Titan, it's bananas. Really? It's it's even worse than what you would expect because <laughs> what you would expect is like, hey, you know, um, you're embarking on a inherently dangerous thing um, that comes with certain risk, whatever. Go ahead and sign here. The, their waiver specifically mentions like uh, this craft has not been certified by any organization and you acknowledge that death is very possible and you know it it's so much worse than you would have thought because it it completely laid out like uh we are not certified we do not listen to anybody um this is experimental over and over and if you still want to go ahead with it sign here so i guess to some people that experimental tag gives it some kind of like i don't know yeah like some some kind of cachet to it yeah i would never fucking do that even if i had more money than god never no no just just in the off chance if it were like point a hundred zeros one chance like that is not the way i want to fucking die no yeah fuck all that um i guess uh we want to finish off here. I did. Steve actually uh, shared this with me a couple weeks ago that I really got a kick out, out of, and seeing how we're, we've uh, we've been able to easily weave Bill Paxton into this. I have uh, we have a video of Bill Hips Paxton talking about one of his experiences, the Titanic PCP incident. Um. So yeah, since we're talking about our boy. Uh, Bill Hips Paxton. Uh, Steve shared this uh, clip on YouTube, which is fucking gold, uh, a couple weeks ago with me uh, about uh, one of Paxton's experiences whilst filming uh, the Titanic with Jim Cameron on set and him being drugged. So check it out. Did you eat any of the PCP spike clam chowder from the set of Titanic? And did they ever catch the person responsible? Yeah, that's kind of a crazy story. Uh, I remember I shot the first couple of weeks of Titanic. What what Jim did, he had us. He had me and Gloria Stewart and Susie Amos. We were all up in um, Halifax, Nova Scotia. We we're shooting on the Keldish, which is the Russian research vessel that had the two Mir subs that Jim had taken down to Titanic to shoot some footage that he used in the film. While we were shooting that, they were building the big set down in Rosarita Beach. Uh, one night we it was we were shooting splits. We would go in around five o'clock, so we would take our dinner at midnight, and then we'd work till dawn. And uh, I didn't care for the caterer much, so I was ordering my meals in. But I was having a good, a good conversation with Jim Cameron on the set, and I said, "Jim, are you going to eat off the truck tonight?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I'll join you." So we ladled up the clam chowder, not knowing it was laced with PCP, <laughs> and uh, I don't know who did it or why. But I remember going back to my trailer after lunch and Jim went up to his office and uh, I heard a commotion and I opened up my door and I saw a couple of ambulances pulling in and, and then an AD ran up and said, uh, 
are you feeling okay? And I was like, well, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm shooting all night. I'm feeling about as good as you can feel. And he said, well, did you eat the clam chowder? And I thought, well, yeah, I had a couple of bowls. And, uh, and about that time I started feeling it. Now I'm starting to witness some bizarre behavior with the crew and stuff. And, and they take us very close by. We were on the Dartmouth side of Halifax Bay. And uh, so all of a sudden here's 150 crew members stumbling into the emergency room of a very small hospital at one o'clock in the morning. You see some people are freaking out. Some people are Congo dancing. Some people <laughs> are, are euphoric. I, I knew I was pretty stoned on something pretty bad. And I thought we, me and Jim thought that it was, there was a neurotoxin in the clams. We didn't know what it was. We thought maybe the clams had been left out in the sun or whatever. But I figured who, while they examine all these other hundred people, I said to Jim, I said, Jim, I'm, I'm not going to hang out here. This is bedlam. I'm going to go, I'm going to wander. Cause there's only a few blocks from the set. I'm going to wander back down and just drink a case of beer, which is what I did. <laughs> that seemed to, that seemed to help me. <laughs> oh, that's such a savage. I'm gonna I tell you what, I'm that's that's just bedlam there at the hospital. I'm gonna <laughs> That's so awesome. That was his first thought was just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get a case of fucking PBR and sleep this fucker off. Yeah, that was so, so good. The man the myth, the legend, the extreme, <laughs> the extreme. <laughs> All right, that bullshit. Um, or no, <laughs> the better, the better one is. You engage hostiles. I vaporized hostiles. Vaporized a couple tall boys <laughs> and fucking slept <laughs> off a PCP spiking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, that one got me good. Um, by the way, while we're on the topic, I just saw this fun fact too. Bill Paxton is the only actor to be killed by the Terminator in Terminator One, an alien in Aliens, and a predator in Predator Two. Well, that's pretty well, rad. Thanks, thanks for ruin ruining uh two of those out of the three that I haven't seen. Cool. Which two? Thanks. Predator and Alien. Cool. Thanks, man. No. Really? You haven't seen Aliens? You know that. With you Michael, know why. With Michael Bean? I thought you'd seen that one. Predator, no. Predator 2, he's pretty wacky. Like, it's it's not a... But maybe you'll forget about it. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, let's wrap up into some some slight housekeeping here. Do you want to go over the Dick Dog Nature yeah. Bridge? Yeah, I do. Possible retraction. Uh, Dick Dog took umbrage. At, I can't remember what episode it was. It was a couple episodes ago. It was a Karen was, Reed one. Karen Reed. Okay. Yeah. Which that episode too, shout out to listeners. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, if you're still here, Ch- Karen Reed's episodes doing gangbusters. Uh by virtue of it, it being pretty topical. Um, but I'm glad it's getting, seems like it's getting more attention overall. Um, but yeah, that one quickly jumped up. That's our number one episode. Now it finally overtook Christine, which was the front runner for a long time. So it's up there with Jason Simpson and Christine, Dick dog, Crewers like Chronicles, uh, the Asha degree. 
those are those are our heavy hitters right now. So, oh yeah, real quick, I wanted to share a fun. We got a new YouTube comment on uh, our Karen Reed episode. We had a couple comments, which is pretty rare for us. But uh, the the Karen Reed um, couple people were like, you know, had some anecdotes that were like, yeah, this is cool, blah blah blah. This gal. Is all just curious how you decided on your channel name. It's unclear and unique. Well, thank you. That's the first like compliment I think we've got on the <laughs> the naming convention. I think I spilled it in the last in a previous episode, but I was struggling like a motherfucker to try to find a name. And I, me being me, I I wanted to go with something unique, probably to our detriment, because a lot of people put just like the horror movie show or like film geeks and like i was like i want to go something a little bit more fun and i always thought waxing the porpoise from a a fucking uh super obscure part of van wilder where carl penn is trying to get laid and he's like working himself up in a fervor and i thought he said i want to wax the porpoise (laughs) <laughs> I came to find out later that it's actually, I m- totally remembered it wrong and he wanted to park the porpoise, which actually makes more sense. But um, I don't know. It's just kind of like we're waxing philosophic about bullshit and waxing the porpoise. You know, for, another euphemism is we're just jerking off uh, about cool stuff. So that's where it came from. And Danny gloves, our namesake or our title sake is our patron uh, saint <laughs> our patron saint he's he's on the cover in an iconic scene from lethal weapon 2 where he kills the dude and says it's just been revoked so yeah that's that's the uh background of the name thank you purple girl 1453 um uh so dick dog and nature bridge we had claimed on a previous episode that through his antics uh at this work convention, he had gotten the company banned, which I've, I'm hearing conflicting reports. One is that that's patently false, a bald-faced lie meant to besmirch his good name. Steve, you have a counter to that? Uh, yeah, I would, I would just simply offer the question of, uh, was the company ever invited back after that incident? <laughs> if so the it's answer like is of, no <laughs> so well, then like, there must be a clear correlation between <laughs> richard so it wasn't explicitly stated you may not come back or you're not welcome back to subsequent nature bridge galas only no mission yeah uh it sounds like they gave him the old uh we're going to go ahead and not invite you back. We're going to invite you to not come next year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I hope that passes muster for you, dick dog for as far as the retraction goes. Um, We'll chalk it up as a draw Um, or come back on. Yeah. Explain yourself. Um, Yeah, we should. What about your pops? We're due for a, a, a elder Sunquist to come back for something. What do you think? Yeah, 
I mean, he's down anytime. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I know I spitballed, like, maybe we pick a case kind of thing and have him look at it. And we talk about a specific case, like, outside of his experience and just see what he thinks of it. Do you think that'd be a cool forum? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Sweet. Well, yeah, we'll think on it then. Um, I had one th- one thing I-, I wanted to share real quick to uh, our friend Chris from the Channel 83 podcast, soon to be Mount Molehill, uh, which will be plugging. I think it- he's planning on having that come out at the end of this month, uh, which yeah. I'm-, I'm super stoked for. Yeah, uh, me too. He texted me out of the blue and said, oh, what the fuck? Did he say, I have a great mustache? He does have a pretty sweet mustache. He does. Maybe he sent me on here. He was giving me shit about Whitney Houston. Did he text you, uh, you're going to die, bitch? Oh, sorry, that's a letter (laughs) I'm writing to uh, Geraldo Rivera. (laughs) Uh, No, so yeah, apropos of nothing, he said, did you watch that new whitney houston netflix show and i was like no i but i did check out like i guess she they just put out like an hbo movie like a biopic about her it's like i caught a little bit of that um and I, I told him the story about remember when dick dog uh when whitney houston whitney died. is my michael yeah you guys don't understand like he was real tore up about it like yeah i think in the recent past, people can remember when Michael Jackson died. It was like a real big deal. I remember that FedEx driver. He's like, do you hear Michael died? I was like, Michael who? <laughs> and then it was all over the radio, you know, like Michael Jackson. But yeah, he was yeah. like, you, we were like ripping on him. Like what? Whitney Houston died. And he's like, fuck. You know, like he was like <laughs> beside himself. <laughs> and so you don't understand. Yeah, so he was getting bombed on. Yeah, Whitney is my Michael. That's a, that's definitely one that's branded to the brain as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I was like, yeah, is, is the Netflix show good or, or is it like a car accident you can't look away from kind of deal? And he's like, you know, I don't watch that shit. I was like, what? You're the one that fucking asked the question. I was like, do I give off a vibe that I check out a Whitney Houston miniseries on Netflix? He's like, kind of. You talk about her singing the national anthem a lot. <laughs> and I was like, all right, touche. Is- <laughs> Dude, Chris fucking rules. <laughs> God. End communication. But yeah, I mean, this is going to come out pretty well a week plus after fourth of july but i uh, hope you all had a happy fourth and do yourself a favor and type in 1991 super bowl national anthem whitney houston and reaction and tell me that doesn't spike your blood pressure a little bit um yeah i gotta watch that like once every four or five months just to like center myself realign <laughs> my chi um <laughs> uh cool so yeah that's been the titanic conspiracy as it relates to ocean gate that whole thing that's going on now so if you guys have any input or uh insights comments hate mail uh you can reach us at wax at waxing or either of our socials instagram is at waxing the porpoise twitter is at waxing the porp uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, I don't think I shared this with you yet, Steve. We are 
We're gonna have old uh, old Miles back on the show. Oh uh, yeah, nice. Who, who fans will remember uh, or listeners will remember from our possession episode, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so this time we're gonna be watching a pretty pretty out there. This one's gonna be pretty wild, I think, for you, Steve. But it's called Existens. Uh, and it's funny, like you ty- you look at the title, it's lowercase e, capital X, I-S-T-E-N, capital Z, existence. Um, and this is going to suck. It's a David Cronenberg film who's famous for like Videodrome, early James Woods, really weird, kind of like body horror, sci-fi, into some real weird shit. But uh, this is, has Willem Dafoe, uh, Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, it's it's a really cool flick. So, yeah, check that out. It's on Showtime, Paramount Plus, Fubo TV. Otherwise, uh, readily available to rent. Uh, it's from 1999. It should be an interesting interesting time. I'll say that for sure. So, I I, te- I texted Miles and he's like, he's like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, I typed into where uh, I could stream it. And he's like, I I kept fucking it up and getting extends. You remember that old like boner pill? Oh yeah. It's like the same way. It's like a lowercase e, big ass X, and there's a Z towards the end, like extends. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we'll be covering existence male enhancement uh, next week <laughs> from '99. Sounds like a boner alert, oh, um, dude. Boner alert. What were you gonna say? Uh, could you send me a link? Because I've already forgotten how you spell it. Yep. <laughs> I will. He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless, steaming pile of cow dung. Figuratively speaking. <laughs> Dude, that, that part just fucking takes it home. Uh, you got any final thoughts? Anything we glossed over? Titanic? Nope. Law of the Sea? Nope. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you when we see you, and we will see you later. Woo! Man, you're a fucking sharp, you are.